even tonight we have some more discussion time ahead. But now it's time um, to talk a little bit more about Forge. Hold on. There's a lot of technology to manage. It's really not my specialty. So I'm doing my best for, for you guys. Okay, what is Forge and why are you here? I'm sure that many of you are wondering, what on earth did I sign myself up for? I feel like I sent you a lot of, or you said people, I don't know about y'all. Uh, I send you a lot of emails, but I, I am realizing that many of you are still going, huh, what is this? And I'm realizing that because people have been asking me like, oh, what's going on this week? And I'm like, well, my you know, daughter's starting kindergarten and I'm launching a new ministry with a friend. And they're like, oh, what does it do? And I'm like, uh, wh well, um, what, how do I, it's not easy to explain what this is. Um, and so even to give you kind of the why and the what of Forge, um, I'm going to start with telling you um, a story. So uh, I started uh, kind of my theological journey with um, in seminary. And the way I got into seminary was this. Uh, I started kind of in the workforce in the middle of the 2008 recession. My job was at a nonprofit got cut in hours to part-time. My husband traveled four days a week or five sometimes. And at the time, I think he was in Europe. So it was like two weeks at a time. I had literally nothing to do. I had just moved to Dallas. I was twiddling my thumbs in my apartment, which is really not a great idea for a 22 year old. And one of my friends just said, hey, I really think you need to go to seminary, which is an odd thing to say to someone like yeah you should take up seminary for a hobby although i know sarah and sj over here are like yeah yeah <laughs> been there done that and it was you that told me to do that um it's true uh so he said hey i really think you would enjoy the seminary thing and so i was like well i literally have nothing else to do i'll try it and here is the deal i started seminary and i had absolutely no idea what was going on I knew that I had been really involved in church and in ministry for a long time. I had often been a leader in different things, and I knew that I deeply, deeply craved more. I wanted something more than what I was getting, but I didn't know how to get it. And as soon as I walked into seminary, I felt like I'd been hit by a truck. I get pretty good grades. Obviously, I like being a student. I've been a student for a really long time. I would be sitting in seminary, like Googling words that they would be saying. Googling them because that is how lost I was. I picked up a book. I read a ton. I love reading. I can read very fast. I can read multiple languages. I would read the books for seminary and I would have to painstakingly go through each page because I was totally lost. My Googling career came to a very quick end when I also realized that I like to sit in the front of the class. Do you realize if you have a laptop in the front of the class, everybody behind you can see what you're typing into Google? I was a little concerned about how all the guys in my class would be thinking about me and they were already talking down to me so I just felt like I needed to nip that one in the butt. So I switched over to keeping track of the words in my notebook. Um, and I, the other thing that was really hard for me in seminary was uh, it was just a really interesting mix of people. There wasn't a lot of accountability. We were just there to learn and it was a very odd feeling to be trying to learn about God and who he is in a way that stirred up so much worship and yet to be sitting with people who I was not in any kind of theological, like relational church relationship with. And so that those relationships were kind of um, difficult, especially because I would, I would say that probably a lot of those people shouldn't have been in seminary and have since um, gone on to do other things. Um, but it created, so I, I had this, uh, a little bit of a crisis because I was wondering what on earth I was doing and what was going on. 
And at the same time, I was loving it. It totally transformed everything about the way that I understood God, the world, and my place in the world. All of the doubt, this, this is not necessarily true for everyone who goes to seminary or who will participate in Forge, but for me personally, all of the doubts that I struggled with, I began to unpack and understand how the word of God dealt with those and projected or painted this picture that made sense of everything that I had ever struggled with, thought, wondered how all of these things fit together. And it was like I was a new person in relation to my faith. And so I was having this kind of strange experience of going, oh my goodness, why have I never heard these things? Why have I never heard that the story of God is one story, that the Bible fits together? And then at the same time, I was wondering, why is this, this system feels weird? And what are all of these words? So in a church history class of all things, I finally came to understand that what was happening was that the church for centuries was the place of all discipleship. The church historically, there was no seminary. There was no young life. There was no crew. There were no Bible colleges. The church did all of it. The church was the center for all theological training and all discipleship. It was the center of Christian life. And so it was the church who was responsible for evangelizing someone hearing them, seeing them come to faith and training them from a new believer all the way into a pastor, a teacher, a leader, a deacon, an elder. And so all of these things would happen within the context of the church. But over time, particularly over this last centuries, last several decades, the church has become um, a lot more fragmented and our churches have, um, that's not something that we are used to. In many ways, um, I think as the church saw a lot of people leaving, they began to water down or simplify the gospel. And some of that is out of a good and right desire to emphasize that the gospel is simple and the gospel is simple, but the gospel is not shallow. So it is true that all we need is Jesus. But what is also true is that is a complex, profound statement that we can spend the rest of our lives unpacking. And we haven't always done a great job of that. So I went in seminary from being given fish to being taught how to fish. And it changed everything. The other thing that happened in the midst of that was that I learned that knowing how to fish means that you feed people. So I experienced this very clear conviction that I now need to go and to be having the same conversations and doing whatever I can to pull people into this same experience that I am having. This thing that I'm learning, this way of seeing and beholding God is so glorious that I, I need to be sharing this with everyone else that I can. And I don't think that that's, um, I think sometimes we have this idea of being sent that uh, that's like for super spiritual or specific or special Christians. But that was one thing that I feel like I learned along the way was that uh, we're not being sent is, it is par for the course as a Christian. It is part of who we are. It just is, it is what it means to participate in the kingdom. And so in the midst of being taught how to fish, I uh, began to feel very compelled to teach people, to feed people. Because knowing how to fish means feeding people. And so all of these things are things that need to happen, or I, maybe I shouldn't say need, happen best 
when they happen in the context of the local church. They happen best when they happen in the context of the local church because we have relationship and we have the opportunity to disciple one another holistically and not just to show up at a seminary class and to have to receive content or information, but we have the opportunity to sit together and to see how one another is um, shaped and formed by this and how do we live these things out. This sounds like I'm really down on seminary. I'm not. I've spent 10 years of my life there and I will be spending I don't know how many more. A lot. Depends on how many emails you guys send me, I guess. I'm just kidding. Uh, how many emails I have to respond to and how much uh, work I can get done on my dissertation. It's probably going to be forever. It's going to be like five more years. So I'm not down on seminary, but the vision for Forge is this. There is a lack in the local church of discipling holistically and discipling all the way from new believer through pastor, leader, teacher, and elder deacon. That is what Eastside and Mosaic want to remedy. That is why Forge exists. That, I assume, is why you're here. You've done men's Bible study, you've done women's Bible study, and they are fantastic, but you want more. And you don't know, there's not anything else on the table, right? You could go to seminary and maybe some of you are considering it and this will be a fantastic orientation to give you a taste of whether or not that's something you want to pursue. Good grief, I could have used it. Man, can you imagine how different my seminary experience would have been if I'd had any of this? And then I wouldn't have thought that that guy from Houston was so annoying because I would have understood his questions. Really, the only reason I thought he was annoying was because I didn't understand what he was saying and I felt dumb and I there's nothing I hate more than feeling dumb. So. Just words the wise. Don't make me feel dumb. Um, so I was feeling I, that was my personal experience um, in seminary, and at the same time, that was something that I think um, sort of the capital C church was experiencing at a larger level as well. That was something that Kyle was feeling. That was something that um, some of our other coworkers were feeling. That was something that the village was feeling. So kind of in the midst of this, um, I started working in children's ministry at the village. Um, which, just as a side note, all of my uh, seminary classmates were like, oh, that's so sweet that you do children's ministry. Maybe one day you'll graduate to something more complicated. I was like, yeah, you want to know what's complicated? Taking the profound truths of God and saying them in a simple way that is not heretical. It's actually a lot more complicated. Most people hide behind big words and you don't even know what they mean. Try, I mean, being precise is one thing, but being profound and simple is a whole nother thing. And then meanwhile, you have to like, keep their attention. It's very complicated. There's a lot of theatrics that go into it. I can be theatrical. I am sure you will see that, but I trust that I don't need to be throwing goldfish at you periodically to, to keep your attention. So that was part of my personal journey in terms of technology. Don't understand it. Um, that was part of my personal journey in this, but it wasn't, it was, it, I came to understand that it was a shared journey or a shared burden. So I was at the village and the village um, was feeling this as well. They were seeing that a lot of the people in their groups knew how, uh, could receive a fish, but did not know how to fish. And so it was creating a really big pastoral burden for the church. And so the church um, decided to start a theological education department, which was called the Village Church Institute. And so I began working there first, I beat Kyle, you know, 
some healthy competition, I'm just saying. Um, but we were both working there together and we built out uh, together with um, some of our colleagues, including JT English, uh, something called the training program. And what, uh, so I guess I tell you that just so that you know, uh, what we're doing here is new and unique in one way and also not in the other way. So we are joining in the stream of ancient history and we're also joining in the stream of recent history. So you are the first class of Forge, but you are not alone. There have been hundreds of people that have graduated from the training program. Um, and it's really been seeing how the training program impacted the life of the village church that I think encouraged and spurred Kyle and I on to say, this is necessary and this is valuable. So I'm not totally sure about Mosaic and Kyle can speak to this, but for Eastside, half of your board went through the training program. And I've multiple of the elder candidates have gone through the training program. And all of them would say that that profound, that experience of digging deep into the truths of the Lord in a way that they had not before profoundly shaped their ministry within the local church. And that is our hope for you. So um, we've seen men and women launched and sent um, to the mission field on to seminary, to job changes, to launching new ministries, to leading um, in their local church, and then a lot of faithful men and women who are just leading and serving and worshiping with a wholehearted devotion in a new way within their own homes or their current workplaces. And that's not a lesser thing. Um, that is a very exciting and profound thing as well. And so we are really hopeful for that for you guys and confident um, that the commitment of this time can be transformative if you let it. Of course, the problem was for Kyle and I, not only did we send out others, we also sent out ourselves, which was a little bit unexpected. That's the reason that we're now doing Forge. So we get the uh, kind of unique opportunity to figure out what it's like to uh, collaborate with two different churches, but we're really excited about that. Um, I think it's going to be really fun and a little bit different and um, and any opportunity for me and Kyle to make fun of one another in public is great. So here we go. Buckle up. One time here, just on that note, just to keep your attention. Um, I don't know if you're going to appreciate this story. That's fine. Uh, I don't know what we were doing. We were driving back from somewhere and all of a sudden Kyle calls. I think not me. I think he called Brian. He calls Brian and he's like, hey, what are you doing tonight? And Brian was like, I don't know what. He goes, uh, you want to go to a Weird Al Yankovic concert with me? <laughs> and I don't know what's weirder, that Kyle called and asked, or that my husband said yes. And he did, sure enough. Um, so, <laughs> he had a great time. Just, that's Kyle for you. So, that's a little bit about the why of Forge, and I hope that that helps illustrate a little bit of um, the need for Forge and for theological training in particular, Forge in particular, theological training in general. Um, but in terms of the specific, what we are trying to do, how we are going to accomplish that, what your syllabus says is this. So you can read, you don't need to write this because I'm, anyway, it's, it's a long, uh, whatchamacallit, quote. The Forge program exists as a training partnership between Eastside Community Church and Mosaic Church to provide a year-long theological and biblical immersion program for men and women looking for advanced biblical and theological training. The Forge program seeks to train men and women in three areas, Christian story, Christian belief, and Christian formation for the purpose of cultivating, cultivating deeper life in Christ, life together, and life on mission. 
To put it another way, or to try to explain from a different angle, Forge is a rigorous discipleship program that will challenge you to know God and do theology. Do theology with your head, your heart, and your hands in every aspect of your life. Forge is a guide to teach you and show you how to pursue, pursue the deep things of God and be a theologian in your everyday life. Sorry, I did write that down. I'm still coming up to speed. There we go. So, rigorous discipleship program challenge you to know God and do theology with your head, your heart, and your hands, which is to say with all of you. Theology is not something that stays on a page, that is content that you um, have to download. It is not things to memorize. Theology is something that you live. And Kyle's going to talk um, a lot more about that. And then I think you're going to hopefully see that come out um, every Tuesday night as we are talking about things of the Lord. This is something that we deeply desire to impact you holistically. And in order to do that, it will challenge you. So a couple of things that you need to know about Forge. First, this is exclusive and we are not sorry. It is exclusive. I've always wanted to be part of an exclusive group, and that's never really worked out for me. I'm not one of the cool kids, but for tonight, I will pretend that I am simply because this is exclusive and we're not sorry. The reason that we are not sorry is because each one of you has been invited or vetted by the leadership of your church. You are believed in. The pastors and elders and deacons of your church believe that you ought to be here and they have invested significant time and money for you to grow in the Lord. That is a beautiful, profound thing. Someone wants you to be here and believes that this will change you and impact you and that you have something to offer to your church. And so we urge you to take that seriously, to feel the weight of that in an encouraging, beautiful way, and also to feel the weight of it in terms of how you treat this commitment. So because you are here and you are believed in, other people aren't here. Not that they aren't believed in, though. That might get awkward. But um, they aren't here for now. People will say that, at least. Um, so we want you to feel encouraged um, and feel um, emboldened in the midst of that. Second thing you need to know is this is hard, and we are not sorry. Oh, man. Jeez. This is hard and we are not sorry. Most things that are worth doing are hard. I have to tell my kindergartner or all three of my kids that all the time. Most things that are worth doing are hard. So just like working out your body or dieting, you know that those things take work and yet they impact you. They shape you in a real way. This will work out your heart and soul. And it might not, it might feel weirder because it's not as physical or tangible or visible of a change or an impact, but it will change you. And we are completely confident that it will make you stronger spiritually on the other side. So this is worth it. If you let it, it will change you. So please be in it. With us. And as an encouragement, this is not just hard for you guys. This is hard for me and Kyle. There is a lot of um, work and sacrifice that goes into that. So maybe the first encouragement is this. We have done the hard work of theological study. We're continuing to do it. And so we're in it with you. And we would love to speak encouragement and to comfort you in the midst of that or to um, just to speak truth to you or counsel you. So if you're feeling that, if you're feeling the brain fog, if you're feeling like you can't do it, please come to us because we know it. We get it. And we would love to be in it with you first. And then second, um, it's still hard for us now. We are sacrificing a lot. Our families are sacrificing a lot 
for us to be here and to do this. Kyle already has a full-time job. Oh no. Where is it? I don't know. I can speak loudly. I'll talk loudly for now. We, what was I saying about, oh yeah, it's hard. Mm. Kyle has a full-time job and he, neither of us really have time for this, but we make time for us for this and our families help us make time for this because we believe in this. I am not on staff at Eastside, thank you. I do this because I want to and I believe in it. Kyle doesn't have to do this and he does it because he wants to and he believes in it. Sorry, there we go. Um, so this, what we believe is that it is worth it. I'll get it one day, guys, I'll get it. There's a delay, you have to push the button and then it's a delay anyway. It is worth it. We sacrifice for this because we believe that it is worth it. It's worth it for you. It's worth it for us. And it's worth it for our churches. And above all, it's worth it for the kingdom. So be in it and be with us. Um, in just a minute, we're going to talk about the more nitty gritty details of uh, what we're expecting from you guys. But just in terms of um, kind of at a high level, this is what you can expect from us. And this is what we expect from you. These are the values of Forge. So first of all, charity. There's no such thing as a dumb question. The only dumb question is the one that you're asking to make yourself look a certain way, not when you're asking with genuine curiosity. So we expect you to have charity for one another, and we will always have charity for you. And then also have patience for us because we're trying to figure out a new, uh, ministry dynamic collaboration in the midst of a global pandemic. So things might not be quite as polished or perfect as we would like them to be right now. And they may never be because Kyle runs with like everything planned three months out. I run like, do I have three minutes left before it starts? So sometimes we're just, you know, we're, we're working on putting it together. So have charity with us and we would love to have charity. We, we plan to have charity with you. Curiosity, it is really important to us um, that you are curious. You must, we're not going to just package stuff up and hand it to you to believe. We're not going to give you all the answers because we can't. We can't give you all the answers because there is no end to God. We could be asking the same question. In fact, the church has been asking the same questions for millennia. We cannot exhaust God. So we're not going to give you all the answers because there are infinitely more answers to be had because that is who God is. Our God is infinite. We can't give you all the answers also because much of theology or while much of theology must be done um, together, much of theology must be done for yourself. You do theology for yourself, but you never do theology by yourself. You always do theology for yourself, but you never do it by yourself. And so we're with you, but we are with you in the journey. And a lot of this, you're going to have to figure out on your own. And so bring us your questions, bring us your concerns, bring us your doubts, um, your curiosities, and we will carry them with you. Commitment. This takes a higher level of commitment than a lot of other things that the church has ever asked of you. We believe it's worth it. We believe it's valuable. We're committed to it. Um, and we know it won't always be easy, but we're asking you to be committed as well. You'll get out of it what you put into it. So put a lot in. Collaboration. We are not competitive. Um, this is not about one-upping one another, despite sometimes the banter between Kyle and I. We are for each other. So you don't need to posture or worry about being perceived a certain way. Um, we are all in it together. This is a collaboration between two churches, two friends, men and women, 
academics and pastors, um, lay people and ministers, and we are all working together to behold God better. And it will be better if we do it together. So there's going to be a lot of different resources and different people and different ideas. And Kyle and I aren't always going to think exactly the same about everything. And that's okay. Um, we're going to share different ideas and we're going to collaborate together. And the last thing is comprehensive learning. By comprehensive learning, what I really mean is embodied learning, but I just really like alliteration. So I was <laughs> tried really hard to figure out how I could keep this news going. Um, so comprehensive learning, really embodied learning. We care deeply about you learning more than simply us performing or us sharing information. We care that you um, understand it. We put a lot of thought into how you can best learn and not just download content or information. And we also um, really care about you learning as a holistic person. And so that means head, heart, hands with your whole body and your whole being. For that, um, one thing we're gonna talk about too, kind of uh, as we go along, or one thing I'm particularly passionate about is how note-taking, for example, or different um, kind of, okay, it's a big word, pedagogical practices, um, things that we can, rhythms and liturgies here, kind of in our classroom, how those things can impact your learning. And so I might push you, I might stretch you, um, but I'm asking you to trust um, because I really believe that a lot of these things will help. To that end, um, we would recommend not using computers. I mean, we're not gonna like harp on anything and we want you to learn in the way that's best for you. Um, but we really believe in the value of writing out notes with your hand and having to synthesize information um, because this is not, you're going to find that this is different than sitting in a, like a college class, but it's also different than sitting in a sermon. And it might even be different than sitting in a Bible study because you are going to want to understand the contours of the big ideas of what we're talking about. But you're also going to want to take notes on the stuff that's really impacting you and, um, and kind of making you rethink how you worship or how you think of God. And so we'll talk more about maybe, or I will, I care about this a lot, um, about how to do that and how to best learn um, in the midst of this. It's it can be a challenging thing at first to shift to sort of intellectual learning about God, but we care about it. Above all, we do not want to be clinging symbols. We want to be profoundly marked by the love of God. We want to cultivate a wholehearted, whole being, whole life devotion to the Lord. If we do not love him, we have nothing. So there, there is no piece of us that wants to give you great information and great content and great entertainment and have you walk away unchanged or unmarked by the love of God. Our hope and prayer is that we would present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God that it would be our spiritual worship, that we would not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewal of our minds, that we, by testing, may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect, and that we would do it together. So I'm gonna send you now to just a brief break, reset yourselves, take a deep breath, stand up, go to the bathroom, shake out the wiggles, and then Kyle's gonna come and we're gonna um, talk more about some of content of what that means um, and the nitty-gritties of how we're going to make this happen. So go to break in peace. Uh, went to the high priest and he asked him for letters to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might